When Shamrock Rovers got one back, tears came to my eyes. When we went two went up and I heard those thousands of Sligo people, I was proud and we went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Chilani. North. Elding. 3-2. They've been looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson! One more. Hello and you're very welcome along to episode 122 of the Bitter Red Supporters Trust podcast and I'm delighted to say that uh, once again uh, this season we are uh, coming to you in conjunction with the White Hag Brewing Company in Ballymoat uh, in uh, County Sligo continuing our connection there with uh, one of Sligo's uh, finest brands and um, just to say thanks to Zach Irwin who was uh, kind of our, our contact at uh, the White Hag over the last year or so and um, it's great now to be working with uh, Caroline and um, yeah thanks again to Bob so we're going to have the uh, later on we're going to talk about the winner of our beer scorecast competition thanks to the White Hag um, we're going to have a look ahead to the game in Derry obviously we'll look back at events that took place the two all draw in Dailyman Park um, and we have with us uh, Ronan Flanagan. Ronan, how's it going? All good, Connor. Weird to be in the guest seat, but uh, it's a different view here. An opportunity for me to hide behind the, the presenter's mic and not be asked any sticky questions. Uh, Jerry O'Connor, how are you? Yeah, great, Connor. Thanks very much. Uh, we got Sean Dunn here. Sean, how's it going? All good, Connor and uh, hopefully we'll have a go with us um so um okay so uh, uh, the the main interview or the main section of um today's podcast or uh, this week's podcast um is an interview with uh, Sligo Rovers CEO Andrew Feegans Andrew was on the podcast a number of months ago and uh, I'm delighted to say that he's here with us uh, how has how has the experience been generally so far? Has it been uh, positive? Obviously, you come into the club at a time when um, there are. Um, I mean, we're all aware of the the financial straits that uh, John Russell has been um, put under. Um, but um, you know, that aside, has has everything gone as you was, had have expected? Yeah. Look, I I I have to be honest. I think the it's like being in the eye of a storm initially. Um, and then you step into that whirlwind of, of the Sligo Rovers daily work. Um, it, it's an incredible place to be. It, it's uh, madness and enthusiasm and fun and complete. Uh, uh, it takes over everything that you do. I mean, it's it's a wonderful experience. And I don't think there's ever a job that could prepare you for this. <laughs> Uh, it, it's it's incredible. I've really loved every second of it, even the tough times. I have to be honest; it's been tough, you know, getting rid of uh, apartments in the early part of uh, uh, of my tenure because you know things were a little bit tight, so we had to move things on and and start again. And you know, but all of these experiences are great. But it only works around the dedication, enthusiasm, and commitment of the limited staff members we have and, and the 
incredible efforts of the Borse guys, the committee and, and the volunteers. It, it's just a, a wonderful mix. Um, I guess you were, you were quite obvious, or you made it quite obvious when you began in the position that one of your key roles was to um, increase revenue. Um, I guess we... Uh, is it fair to say that an example of that is um, quite quickly there was an announcement about um, uh, Avent Money staying on board as the the the, the shirt sponsor. Um, I mean, that was that a kind of a positive start for you? Absolutely, but it had nothing to do with me. I I can't claim any credit for that. This this is a um, a, a legacy arrangement. David Rowe and 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 Tommy Higgins had had really been working on, and Colin Feely. Uh, my predecessor, you know, they'd done an incredible job. Uh, but Avent staying and upping their investment was crucial to the club. Um, and, it, it, you know, it, it's important we have big name organisations willing to commit and be partners with the club. That makes a huge difference to, to the longevity of the organisation and, and the club itself. Avon Money are obviously a multinational company, but um, have a base in Carrick and Shannon, as many people will know. Uh, is it? Is it? I mean, obviously, it's important to chase those um, um, those larger companies that that operators that have a connection with the reason with the region. But you also, I guess, you need to balance that with um, keeping the small some of the smaller local companies on board. Absolutely. Look, the the the. To be frank with you, it's great having the big ones, the Avon monies but also the local sponsors the, the the people buying associate sponsor books books of tickets those supporting players um you know uh the, the board out on the uh around the showgrounds every single one of these is a piece in the jigsaw that keeps the club running on a day-to-day basis and and as you I've already said, and with David Rowe's interview with you guys uh, a, a few episodes ago, you know, I don't think anyone can be under any illusion as to the challenges that we as a community club face in comparison to the clubs that have multimillionaire supporters and backers. We do it a different way. And every single one of those people is so important. Um, so um, when you when you're going out there and you're going to whether it's um, small uh, businesses that are currently um, sponsoring Sligo Rovers, are you going to the bigger names that maybe you might be trying to generate interest from? What sort of reception are you getting? I think the general my general feeling has been that there's been I've been met with almost overwhelming positivity. You know, everyone is a community orientated business whether it be the bigger companies or the smaller ones they they all respect and value the importance of Sligo Rovers to the history of Sligo and the community it serves so you know I think uh, it, it's not been a hard sell to anybody in my view everyone's generally very positive they want to be part of the club one of the I guess one of the most noticeable things that is going to happen over the uh, the next number of weeks or months, uh, one of the most visible uh, changes will be the addition of 
uh, an LED screen to the showgrounds. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, look, it's a, it's a project that I had in place or I had in mind at very early stages. Didn't want to say too much because we needed to find ourselves a, a main screen sponsor and a uh, so in other words, this LED screen is a 13 square meter double sided full color LED screen. It will be set behind the goal uh, opposite the uh, pet stop end so that it will be visible to the whole of the crowd in the showgrounds and also every supporter that walks through the turnstiles and the gate. Um, this is an opportunity to bring us into that 21st century <clears throat> where, you know, we actually have a clock and the scoreboard, which is pretty much, I think, visible in every stadium around around uh, the UK and internationally, maybe not so much in Ireland. But what it brings, frankly, is the opportunity for us to offer local and regional and national companies the opportunity to get their name visible to the crowd, to the LOI TV and RTE and Virgin viewers. Um, and, you know, shout goes out, to John McKeown from Pet Stop to, to, for supporting this. He's been an incredible supporter of the club, hides his light under a bushel to some degree. I mean, we've got a big stand there which says Pet Stop and the dog looking down on all of us, but he's been incredible. I, mean, I had, the, had the pleasure of standing next to him in the, in the stadium on Friday night. And, uh, you know, he's a great supporter of the club. It's incredible. Do we know, do you do you have a timeline for when um, that might be in situ within the showgrounds? Yeah, well, maybe this is a shout out to all those listening. Um, now is the opportunity to, to get your name and brand uh, associated with the club with a, a static or dynamic ad or even a, a corporate video, which we can put on there. Uh, we are planning to have this launched on or around the early part of April, probably. Um, we would like to have it quicker, but ultimately we need to give it enough time for uh, enough of those sponsors to come on board. We're already uh, uh, seeing some good traction. And I, I sort of throw this out there that the first 10 organisations that want to commit to us or, or reach out to us, uh, Andrew at SligerRovers.com, uh, we'll get a 40% discount on the published prices. Uh, we want to give people the opportunity to get on there straight away. We've got a nine-game block that we've booked. I, I need a shout-out here also to Grey Media, who are the company that have given us a, a, you know, a decent deal. Um, but obviously, you know, we've got the main sponsor pretty much nailed. We've got John McKeown and Pet Stop committed and if we can get a few more now the opportunity is to to really get that launched as quickly as possible for a minimum of nine games and also i think it's fair to say this is not just about advertising this is about fan engagement we're looking to make sure that the fans have information on the teams they've got pictures of the players there's yellow cards there's goals scored you know those people who are sponsoring the players you know we can link that directly to that so I know Lily's, the uh, wine bar and uh, cocktail bar, kind of came in and, and supported Max Matter for us. Uh, and I said to them, great, let's get you, you know, every time Max scores, your name's up there. Lily's, 
sponsored by Lilies. So it's a great opportunity for people to be linking themselves to the brand of Sligo Rovers and to also share that information with the general public who ultimately, I'm sure, will come out and spend their money in Sligo Rovers supporters' places. I guess it's also a reflection on some of the changes that are happening in the showgrounds. Obviously, uh, in the last number of weeks, it was announced that the the, the printed match day program was going to was going to cease. Although a digital version is still available, but this uh, this this large screen is going to not replace that. But it's it's I guess it's a sign of of our changing world, changing media, and how we consume information. Yeah, look, I'm sure that there will be many disappointed people in relation to the program. Um, everyone wants a program. I understand that from a physical perspective, but there comes a financial perspective where it it, it, it becomes unviable. And, you know, um, I think the shout-out goes out to, to you know, the, the people putting Kevin Lydon, who put so much effort and time into developing that week after week, um, but, you know, if, if fans want that, they would have bought more of them. Um, but this is still a great opportunity to ensure that we've got continued information being shared with the supporters via a, a digital one, a uh, digital programme. And that digital programme will provide, you know, all the details and information could be stored and saved. So, you know, uh, if you really want to print it, you can print it. And I guess that kind of brings us to other resources that the club have. Um, obviously, there's been an update. Well, in recent seasons, the website was updated, but there's still probably opportunities there to further develop the website and uh, make it a, a stronger resource in relation to advertising and generally putting content out there for the Sligo Rovers fans. Yeah, look, I think commu- one of the biggest things I felt I heard from from you guys, from, from the supporters I spoke to, was about getting... Um, the fans engaged and information um, shared. And, you know, let, let's be frank, people like David Conway, who is, has been instrumental in, in driving this forward, um, you know, I went out and was looking really for some people who we could bring on board. And fortunately, we've got Paddy and, and Cornell now who... You know, these lads are committed and enthusiastic and have already done an incredible job in developing not just the website, but the social media content. I think you may have seen recently, you know, some player um, quotes for their first games when they played for, for Sligo Rovers. It's a great way of engaging with fans. And I'm sure everyone will notice the content and the value that's been uh, provided in the last sort of few months as we lead up to the season, getting the season ticket information out there, you know, Benny the Bull coming back. And we, we just need as much of that information getting out into the, the marketplace as possible so that the fans are engaged and enthusiastic about what they're they're coming in to see. Um, I know I saw photographs of Jerry O'Connor uh, in recent days. I don't know if you, I don't know if you were, they were on social media or if they were in uh, WhatsApp group. Um, Jerry's been doing a lot of work recently uh, in the showgrounds, um, but one of the projects Jerry uh, has been working on is the relocation of the the uh, the the mega store within the showgrounds. So. Um, that that is that's kind of opening up space again in the clubhouse. Or can you tell us a little bit about what's happened there? 
Yeah, look, I, again, Jerry and I spoke some weeks ago, months ago, I suppose, about the location of the megastore. Um, it was clearly not in the best ideal position because it was tucked away to the right as you entered the show grounds. The footfall, as Jerry would know as a, a retail professional, he knew straight away that it would be better served to be in a location where um, that footfall could be utilised in, in the most uh, specific way. And by moving it to where it is now, we've doubled the space. We have a, an ideal location that people can walk straight by uh, that that uh, that mega store and ideally just walk straight in. And it already looks incredible. I think the guys, the boss guys, have done an incredible job putting that together uh, and making it happen in, in double quick time. There's uh, a, a cost involved, but more importantly, there's time involved. And, you know, Jerry uh, deserves huge praise for that and similarly in relation to uh, the kind of community aspect of the club and people coming in and rolling their sleeves up um uh, oh sorry just before we move on there i suppose it's, it's just worth saying that the shop has now moved where well tell me where has the shop moved to so i mean jerry will, will uh, i'm sure be waving his hands and flags and everything else to get people in there um but yeah where the old coffee dock was and the old kit room was, that's been opened up completely and fully. So the, the coffee will now just move back into where the sweets and uh, general merchandise was. So next door to that. So you won't have to walk any further for your cup of coffee, for your popcorn, for your sweets and biscuits or whatever. Um, but yeah, where the old coffee dock was, uh, that is now the new mega store. So as you walk into the showgrounds, heading down behind the Tracy Row Avenue, uh, it's immediately on your left. Get in there and, and look at all the merchandise that we have available. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. Um, so yeah, the, the other the other um, point that I was kind of moving on to there was um, on the opposite side of um, of the ground in the Jinx Avenue stand. There has been some changes there, um, and people will have seen on the Better Red Trust social media channels that. Um, I guess seats have been removed from a section of the Jinx's Avenue stand. Uh, first, first of all, what has led to that? And, um, and uh, well, yeah, I mean, I guess just taking it from there, what what led to the removal of those seats? Yeah, from what I understand, there was a, a safety issue related to uh, some of the state of some of those seats. They, there was a, a number that were broken and uh, were becoming dangerous and the FAI, I believe made it a precondition of our uh, license for 2024 that we had ourselves a standing section. Um, now, now having spoken and met with some of the Forza lads, uh, I think it will be of great enthusiasm and benefit for them that you know they can be standing there and they, I mean, look the noise um, at Daily Mount the other day and the Forza lads and everyone else who made the trip over um, down to Dublin. You know, it was a great atmosphere. And we were all standing. It was a fantastic atmosphere. So, you know, the standing in the um, in the Jinx Avenue is, 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 a, is a great idea. I think it will work very well. Uh, there'll be a huge atmosphere being created from that. Um, we just need to finalise a few safety barriers, but basically the lads, the Forza lads, the Borse lads, and 
huge number of volunteers putting time and effort removing those seats has been incredible uh, in, in double quick time as well yeah yeah um just staying on the the, the ground and the the uh, development of the showgrounds in recent weeks as well um there has been kind of a master plan update and i guess people who want to look at the details of that if they haven't already they can they can see that on the on the club website uh, do you want to give us kind of a brief overview or um what what the idea of that that update was about uh, look, I think the first thing to mention is the importance of having these new floodlights up, which is something that is going to change the viewing uh, perspective for, for every fan in the ground. You know, the, the lights were OK, but now we've got fantastic new lights. Uh, the other side at the Tracy Avenue, uh, Tracy Road stand will, will need to be done as well. But this is giving us a, a much better viewing uh, opportunity with in terms of quality of light, the number of lumens, I believe, is is what we're talking about. But the the updates and developments on the ground, uh, obviously, you know, twenty twenty eight is is fast approaching. Um, the opportunity that I saw to be involved with the club, one of the key factors for me was just being involved in the development of a, a, you know a twenty twenty five million new ground of course we've got to wait for the government to to support this but you know the bottom line is there is a an opportunity right at this moment in time with the planning permission committed the sligo council supporting this um the huge benefit to the local region this sort of investment um will pay back in spades to the region, to the economy, to the community. Uh, and this links back to our community project that we're looking to launch soon, which we can get onto later. But it all links together in in, in a mix of, of incredible opportunity for the region and the location of Sligo to become a, you know, a central point of uh, access for everybody. Yeah, I guess, you know, at the, the start of the season, um, upon us in the build-up to the season again, um, the, the state of the facilities that are available to, to match-going fans across the League of Ireland um, at, the, at this time of year is also is always a topic. Um, and that's reflected in kind of national media. Uh, there was a, an article in the Irish Times a number of weeks ago that um, um, that kind of did an overview of all the, the Premier League uh, stadiums. Um, I, I guess the, the kind of the point that I'm getting to is, uh, even though uh, we are, you know, there hasn't been a huge amount of change uh, across across the country and across the league. Obviously, there's been the improvements in, in talent and things like that. But there is, do do you feel that there is now a political um, desire to to get behind the League of Ireland from a facilities point of view and and to, to significantly significantly increase the standards for the likes of Sligo Rovers? Or to, to help to help and play a role uh, to provide funding for the likes of Sligo Rovers. I'll be honest and say I don't know whether the politicians in the government are are, are as committed to this as as we need them to be. I think every ground in the Premier League should be somewhere in the ballpark of the Talat Stadium. I mean that that's an incredible place to to visit. Uh, there's plenty of seating, there's there's quality seating, there's an atmosphere. Now, there's a great atmosphere at the showgrounds, um, but that doesn't mean it wouldn't also be replicated if we had a brand new stadium to walk into every 
every evening we had a match. The, the truth is what that new stadium gives us is the opportunity to provide additional facilities for fans, additional facilities to the community, to business as well, who can rent and utilise the space that we have available. We're sitting on a very nice-sized um, site that should be utilised in as maximum possible way to, 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 to create revenue for the club and to provide services and facilities to the community, you know, bars, restaurants, shops, etc., all part of this, as well as up-to-date facilities for the players, for the uh, training, for um, the utilisation of community. All these things come together. You can see as well on the club website and uh, across other media that the the club is looking to increase um, the the staff there, and particularly there's um, a role that was advertised the football and social responsibility offer, uh, officer, which I believe is uh, is co-funded through uh, by the county council. Um, has there been developments uh, in the fulfilment of that role? Yes, we are now at interview stage. Um, those interviews are commencing, I believe, today or tomorrow. Uh, there is a shortlist that will be undertaken, uh, a shortlist which will be interviewed over the, the next coming days, uh, and we're stepping forward. I think it, it it all dovetails very nicely with the uh, Rio Ferdinand Foundation um, joint uh, development plan. Um, I think it's important to, to sort of say that Sligo Rovers has the opportunity now to be linked with major organisations such as Warner Music, Celtic Football Club, Glen Torren, the UEFA Foundation, Ralph Lauren, uh, the Guinness Partnership. We are now part of this group that is part of the Rio Ferdinand Foundation and the plan is to, to provide sport, education, uh, health and well-being, music-related um, mentoring workshops and sport-related projects into the community. Those who are disadvantaged or excluded or, you know, have issues accessing opportunity. Our job as a, as a, as a community club is to reach out and develop these facilities for as many people as possible and that the, the knock-on effect is suddenly we become an even more embedded in the community than we already are um you know the concept of 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 driving social change community integration equality and developing potential for people in the region is is huge and with the rio ferdinand foundation we have that opportunity to really drive it forward. And, and you know, shout should go out to, to Conor O'Grady, who was involved in this just before I got involved. And then I met with the team there. And it's such a huge opportunity for, for the club um, and what we can offer to the community. And that will ultimately mean we become even more deeply embedded. And, and I think that's crucial um, to give something back. To, to matters on the field now, we have um, had quite a positive result, even though um, we did uh, let Bohemians equalise in the dying minutes of the game. But um, that aside, there has been a, a very positive feeling uh, around the showgrounds 
um, over the last number of months uh, and and the weeks that have gone past. Um, I think people are um, uh, they're kind of they're very. I think supporters are very impressed with um, how the the club have gone about their business over the last number of months, and I guess um, the proof will be in the pudding as the season progresses. But um, uh, I get the feeling that there was huge efforts made within the club to ensure that John Russell um, could kind of flex his muscles within the transfer and loan market as much as possible. Is that fair to say? I think it's fair to say that, you know, John has, has done everything he possibly can to work within the confines of the budget that we provided, which was incredibly tight. It became very clear very quickly to, to the committee that the budget, we had was probably just not going to suffice um the player wages uh and the challenges of, of bringing people um into the club were, were, were significant and you know john has done an incredible job in my personal opinion in bringing in some absolutely super lads i mean you know from a personality point of view they are uh committed enthusiastic they seem to want to work hard. They they get the club already. They understand the community aspect of it. Um, and I think the performance that you saw in Dalimant the other day sort of epitomised where they are already, but where they can actually go. You know, they, they work hard. They run themselves into the ground. Nobody could ever complain that there wasn't that effort there. Um, and... I think personally, John deserves a huge amount of credit for managing to balance the budget with the ability of finding young, hungry, committed young men who want to play for the club and, and you know, run for the shirt. Uh, is there still budget available to him? Or do you think there we might see one or maybe two more additions to the squad? I am not sure but we certainly are thin <laughs> it's fair to say you know we've got some great young talent and this is another shout out to Connor O'Grady there's great young talent coming through Owen Elding um you know the uh, the Gabidon brothers um getting uh, you know Reynolds who's who's come in and played really well in 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 the back bringing in people like Ollie Denham and um uh, Charlie uh, Wiggins these are great little signings that that give everybody a boost. And these lads have played at Chelsea and Newcastle, um, Cardiff City. You know, high, much higher level. But they've come here and they've they've shown commitment and enthusiasm. I'm sure. You know, if there's a possibility of bringing in additional players, we will do so. Losing John Mann as we did so early in the season is so painful. One, he was looking fantastic. Cracking lad, committed to the club, but to lose him so early is, is sad, you know, for him particularly. But it puts us under significant pressure when you start losing one or two to injury. It, it, you know, it makes a thin squad even thinner. Um, but there's a, there's a point where it has to stop in terms of investment. Um, what you have to remember is having Max and all these other lads coming in, they may well be leaving within you know, a given period of time. So there's going to have to be some shuffling of deck chairs on the deck and we're going to have to make do amend. Um, it ain't going to be easy, but the attitude in the squad, the hard work, the 
enthusiasm that I've seen is 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 huge, and I think that's testament to John's management style. Um, he's built a you know a good strong group of guys who are going to say right, come on then, let's let's see what we can do as a as a team, even though we're up against it. You know, we fight for the for the badge, and that's what every fan wants to see. Uh, in uh, in recent weeks, I know you had um, um, some personal uh, health issues and um, you were quite taken with the um, support and response that that um, came from the local community. Is that something you want to you want to talk about? Yeah, look, I, <laughs> it was quite an experience. Um, uh, you know, I went for a routine scan was told I had secondary lesions on my liver, stage four cancer, which pretty much said, hang on, you may only have a certain amount of time left. And uh, uh, it, it, it was incredible, the support that I received from everyone within the club and the community. I mean, it wasn't something that everybody knew about. Um, I, I should sort of say that further scans may mean I've dodged a bullet um, and that, you know, I've got to have other tests and checks, but it looks like I might be okay. But as you can imagine, being told something like that and having to tell your kids and the doctor calling you in with your wife and saying, this is what you've got, it was quite a sobering moment. Um, but the only thing I wanted to do was just to keep going at the club, quite frankly. I didn't want to stop because I couldn't sit looking at four walls. Um, but the outpouring of enthusiasm and support was incredible from not just Sligo Rovers, but the local community and friends and family we've got around here. It's been quite an emotional time, I'll be honest. Well, um, we're 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 glad to hear that um, um, that you are that you've got some good news out of it. But you did say that you've got more scans to. This is this is an ongoing process, I guess. This is not. Yeah, look, I mean, the 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 good news is they're now thinking that it may be way less um, of a problem than we first thought. It may be what they call hemangiomas, which are non-cancerous. Um, uh, lesions. Uh, they couldn't find any other um, potential signs of cancer. So I may actually be in the clear. You know, I've got elderly parents and to tell them the situation was, was extremely tough. They've already lost one son at 40 and I didn't want to be, you know, <laughs> putting them under that pressure. But, you know, the, as I say, the bottom line is what you realize is is the community that you join um the fact that they are there and supportive and uh and and, and willing to you know go above and beyond is is an incredible thing and i can't thank not just like rovers but the general community has been incredible not everyone knows about this but you know uh i'm good um I don't feel ill anyway, even even when I was told that. I didn't feel ill. So for me, it was just an incredible experience. And I shall take the positives out of this um, and working harder to 
ensure that Sligo Rovers has a, a you know a real future going forward. Was there was it a blood test or what uh, led to you having the initial scans? Uh, it was just the usual old man prostate check, <laughs> which was started with a, a you know a routine scan and. The next thing I know, they're calling in an hour afterwards saying, can you bring your wife? Um, we think you've got secondary lesions on your liver, which means you may have cancer somewhere else, and we need to check that. So, you know, I think it's, uh, I guess, a message to everyone out there that life can be quite short if you don't just go out and enjoy things and do the best you can at what you're doing. Um the truth is I had no idea that there was anything wrong. And luckily it may be the case that there is nothing wrong, but there's lots of people who don't get that good news. And I think, you know, that's where I am extremely fortunate. And I wake up every day thinking I'm the luckiest guy alive. <laughs> One to be um, looking at the positives of this and two to, to be in a, an environment and a job that I love. And, you know, I think everyone should just take the uh, the benefit of the fact that we're all still here and, and, and doing the best we can. Well, uh, Andrew, uh, on behalf of uh, everybody at the Bitter Red Supporters Trust, uh, we wish you uh, all the very best uh, for your health and for your family, but also for uh, for the, the long-term good of Slag Rovers because um, you have clearly been doing a, an excellent job in your short time here and uh, and um, may uh, may you continue for many years to come uh, involved with the club. Uh, Andrew, thanks well, a yeah, for joining that, us. You're not going to get rid of me that quick, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I shall be getting there bugging everybody around. Uh, and a, a shout out also for, you know, Shane Crossan and Conor O'Grady, Sandra in the finance team, Frank on the lotto, Magoo, who obviously hasn't joined us, but it's great having him, you know, active in the showgrounds. There's so much enthusiasm and commitment that goes into the club. It's it's an absolute pleasure and an honour to be part of it. And, uh, you know, I'll do all I can to to make the best of it. Okay, that was uh, Andrew Ficken, CEO of Slagger Rovers, and we're grateful to Andrew for his time. And uh, we'll check back in with him again in a couple of weeks or a couple of months to see how things are progressing from uh, the point of view of the club CEO. Okay, uh, before we get on to the game on Saturday night in Derry, we better have a look back on what happened in Daly Mount Park. Um, first game of the season. Did it feel, Jerry, like the first game of the season? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there was a great buzz and um, i never seen as many people looking for tickets for an away game. Uh, which is great to see. So great traveling support up there as well. Uh, four hundred and fifty sellouts. So yeah, definitely did feel like the start of the season. Obviously, you'd always like to start off with a home game, but um, look, was a positive performance, positive results. So it kind of leads us into, you know, um, something good coming up this weekend against Derry. Hopefully, uh, what's the the mono stand like in Daly Mount, the new away section? It's very good. It's impressive. Um, for a small stand like, um, it's contained. The sound, I suppose, it keeps a good sound. Get, I suppose it is. It puts out a good sound because it's so compact. Um, okay. And I suppose the safe standing as well is it's actually a good idea as well. 
you know. So is that kitted out for like real stay standing, so to speak? Have they got the rail chairs, whatever they're called? No, just just terraced bars as such. All right, okay. Uh, right, okay. So uh, on the pitch, uh, Sean, uh, it was uh, a positive start. Um, what was your what was your kind of general take on on the performance? Uh, generally, I think it's obviously a lot more positives than negatives. Um, I think most of us would have bit bit your hand off for a draw before the game, but obviously a sucker punch of a conceding late on takes a little bit of the edge off it. Um, uh, but no, overall though, Connor, yeah, happy with the performance. Showed an awful lot of real green shoots throughout the game. Um, some really good football. But the first 20 minutes now will concern me. So I was thought we were really, really poor. We were really slow out of the blocks. And uh, even conceding the way we did, I thought that was farcical, to be honest, which is just really slack defending, really bad play all around. Um, you know, it's simple stuff. We're not aggressive enough. Uh, Niall can do better. Nando's all over the place. Then he doesn't track his runner. Like, it makes it... It gives two views on it in terms of from a Bo's point of view, it looks like a great goal. Like when you watch goal, it from yeah. our point of view, it's a terrible goal to give away. And I think you look at their striker, it made him look like he was a world beater. And well, for... the, the, the 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 input from James Clark was 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 good. I mean, he was controlling that and creating the one two with um, no, Renicart, absolutely Renicart. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that's what I mean from a Bo's point of view. It really does look good. But I think from just from our point of view, like I'd say Russell was tearing his hair out because like it's simple stuff. Like as I say with Nando, like not tracking your runner, he gets drawn in in the first place. He follows him out. Uh, he, he follows Rancraft out into the first one too, I think it is. And he loses him then after that. And it's just, it's a, it's an easy run through on it for him on goal. And even Denham could even be a little bit more aggressive in his tackle. And same with Morahan as well. But it's just, look, First game of the season, first few minutes of the game, maybe that's just what it was because, in fairness, we settled into that game nicely then after that. Um, Jerry, it was, uh, I guess it was pretty much a starting 11 that we expected, but, um, uh, you know, we put it up on Twitter there this afternoon who we were asking people who uh, the man of the match was or who people thought the man of the match was. Uh, I put up, uh, four players. I put Ed in because I thought he made a good stay for one stage. We might get onto that. I put in Wilson because um, I thought he was for his first game was pretty solid. Hartman was the other option, but Power Simon Power received seventy six point eight percent of the votes. He had a great game. Yeah, he was excellent. Um, just going on the Twitter poll, I, I, I we put it into the group earlier on, and I think you asked who we thought was man of the match. Now, I had to think about it for quite a while. I wouldn't have had him at 76 or 77%. No, neither, neither. Uh, I do think he was man of the match, but I, I think it was a little bit more difficult to pick uh, one out of the bunch because I thought everybody actually played really well. You couldn't, you wouldn't say anybody had a bad performance. Like as Sean said there, the first 20 minutes, I was kind of like, shit, we're all at sea here. Um, but... Look, we pulled it together uh, and we kind of grew into the game and then that gave the likes of Power and Hartman uh, a platform to go and do their thing. And uh, yeah, look, if we can keep uh, Power uh, and Hartman fish, you know, we're, we're going to be an exciting team to watch and we will create goals and opportunities. 
Uh, he at one stage, like I, I think Sean, you had said it on the podcast last week. Um, you had said that uh, Power can use both feet. He puts in a great cross with his his uh, right foot from the left hand side, and then a few minutes later, he goes over. He takes a free kick from the right hand side with his left foot. Um, he was putting in great corners with his right foot, and the free kick he took was. It was like he wasn't. He wasn't. It wasn't an attempt on goal, but it was a lovely floated ball. Mm. He he um, he he run up players. He looks like a full package. Yeah, no, he's a very complete footballer. I have to say, you know, um, his close control, everything. Like he's, but he's dogged as well. He's not afraid of the dirty side of the game. You know, he works really hard for the team. I think one of the big things I took away from it as well is actually his link up with Hutchison already. They've very, very quickly created a, a nice wee link up on that left hand side and it's tied in nicely with Mali as well, who seems to drift into that into that channel and link up with them quite well as we saw for Hutchison's goal. I'm sure Ron will go on to now or and his boys will go on to in a minute. But um you know, just just on power, I think obviously it is going to be a case of keeping him fit. There's there's a serious player in there, but jumping further on is he did not look as comfortable on the right as I thought he would have. Um, I thought when he swapped over there later on in the game, he, he fell out of the game, to be honest. He became non-existent. And uh, that's a little bit of a worry. Um, Ronan, were you impressed with Conor Malley? He, he, he seemed to do his best work uh, further up the pitch. Um, I expected him to be more of a um, defensive midfielder, but his link-up play looked very tasty at times with certain players and it, was, and it actually led to the goal. I would, Connor. Yeah, I was impressed with him. Um, yeah, Sean alluded to there, the link-up for that goal, for, for Reese's goal, actually. Um, he's, I suppose he's a player who, you know, he, it's kind of, where would he be, where would his best position be? I don't know. But, um, in, like, where does he go for the forward or for the back? But certainly, Going forward, the last day he he was looking to make things happen all the time. Um, positive going forward, he's strong with the ball, um, and won himself a few fouls sometimes. So that that's a positive going forward as well. Um, just going back to the 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 Twitter poll, uh, Eamon May said uh, he wasn't sure who's voting for Ed on the Twitter poll. Uh, he'll get back to his usual level quickly and made a top class save, but was clearly a bit rusty. Uh, Jerry, his distribution. Was not great at times, but I don't think um, I don't think we'll get too hung up on that. And and Eamon's probably right in that it will, uh, it will not that he's probably right. It will get better as the as the games progress. But he he did he did make one fantastic save that uh, maybe last season we mightn't have seen that kind of save. Yeah, um, I think it was a free kick about twenty yards out from Flores. Um, I he seen the ball laid down to his right, got a good hand on it and put it over the bar. Um, look. You know, we talk about missed chances or maybe people not tracking runners, but saves like that actually gain you points. So I think it's probably a chance that we wouldn't have saved last year. So already he's gaining his points, in my opinion. As for his goal dist- or his so his uh, distribution, ah, look, I think he won he won particularly bad kick out in the first half, and the commentators on. The, the Bulls commentators kept going on about it and on about it and he did have one or two other bad kicks but there was nothing that hurt us or, or um, you know was damaging um, the other time then as well he did come for a ball 
um, probably should have let it go out and, and was yeah. caught. But yeah, that comes with game time and just awareness and stuff like that. And like as a goalkeeper, the more games you get, the more aware you are of your position between the posts and, and where you are within your box. And it was just one of those ones where I suppose he he could have let go and he just kind of uh, mistimed. Um, just on the Bose um, commentary. Um, oh, one area is no soft spot for Rovers anyway. No, I was going to say I enjoyed the commentary from the point of view is that I think the, the home team should be biased. And yeah. I don't think our commentators in the showgrounds are, uh, are, are Yeah, they're a bit too kind of, yeah, I don't know, a bit too fair and maybe a bit too conservative where the two lads the other night, it was like one minute they were saying two bad teams and then another time they were saying that Rovers were playing great football. They were just constantly well, contradicting themselves or I don't know. It were, but yeah, um, it was enjoyable from the point of view that it was biased. I like that. Yeah, yeah, and it should be with Rory O'Connor, the yeah. commentator for Bowser. He's one of the best sports uh, journalists in the country. He's not like some of the other headbangers you get around the league, like you know. Um, and uh, but it was very obvious that uh, that um, I'm, I'm not talking about you, Ronan, either. <laughs> <laughs> Me either. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, Owen Harry no has no love for for Sligo Rovers. And that's okay. And that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. Go, we have no love for him. Yeah, that's fine. That's football. That's football. Um, but yeah, just going back to some of the comments on uh, on Twitter. Uh, James Coleman says that power was electric. He stays fit. We've got a real football around. Like that. Jerry Wilson. Jerry, what's that? I like that. Power yeah. was electric. Very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well done, James. Jerry Wilson is very solid and assured on Friday night too. Promising signs from the match, all things considered. Uh, anything on J.R. Wilson, Ronan? Were you? Uh, he 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 didn't stand out, but he looked uh, nice and comfortable, didn't he? And he was very vocal. Yeah, he. Um, it's something about him. He just he just wants to get on with the game and <laughs> ball go for a throw in. He wants the ball quick, get the game going again. I think he suits the way we're trying to play as well. Um, and he kind of. He's not afraid to get stuck in too as well, you know. Um, he kind of went in a few times there, maybe, maybe overzealous sometimes, but uh, certainly, yeah, I think he was certainly impressed the last inning, and hopefully, it's the, the start of something good as well. Um, anything on Ellis Nile Kernin says uh, we're going to be overrunning midfield all season long. We might as well get used to it unless uh, he can get someone in at this late stage. I mean, it's early days to have such. Um, <laughs> such confidence in the fact that we're going to get overrun. Why are we getting overrun in midfield? We didn't get overrun in midfield against Bulls. So why are we getting overrun all season long? What's the point on that? I can't. Is it based on mind. one player or based on the on the three? Well, what, I, what what I would say is, um, I expected more from uh, Alice Chapman. I think um, he probably he probably wasn't as uh, as prominent a figure in the match as I had anticipated based on. Seeing him in preseason, yeah, it's preseason, but that's just. And I also had uh, a couple of quid on him on uh, three hundred to one to score two. I think that's goals. what's pissing off. I think that's what's pissing a lot of people off because every fucking person had. Oh, did you see, he's three hundred to one to score two goals or more. Like you know, there's a big difference between fucking friendlies and the actual real thing. Um, and that's why I think people are pissed off and saying he didn't have a great game. I yeah. thought he was quite effective, to be fair. Um, yeah, why was he, Why was he effective? Well. He allowed us, like, we more or less went with one number six rather than where every other season we had to go with two number six because we weren't capable in midfield. 
like we kind of played with a six maybe and two eights or more than the number six right yeah yeah or, or else a six eight and a ten so for us to go with that formation um go goal down early doors and then score two goals yeah look we we let it slip in the end well then the three guys in midfield have to be effective you know I, I thought Jerry I'd agree with you on that um I thought with Chapman at the way we played it was Nile as a six Chapman as an eight and then kind of Mali floated into a ten and like with Chapman like he he allowed us to spread the play an awful lot he was he was operating in tight areas turning turning out into space now it didn't always come off but he was looking to spread the ball either out wide left or wide right and you know try and try and get the try and get the winger one on one with a fullback and you know it paid dividends a couple of times as well because Hartman especially got some joy out of him. And then they created his link with Max. But I I don't see us from that game especially, I don't see where we were overrunning midfield. Far from it. And I don't think Bowles really got a grip on the game at all. And that's where they lost if the anything, game. If anything, it was probably the opposite, really, in that yeah. I think people were expecting Chapman to make more late runs into the box, you know, feeding off, say, Matter or something like that. Whereas that didn't really materialise. Um I think that might come a little bit more as we actually grow into the season. Like his first game away from uh his first game of the season away from home, you know, you're not gonna go gung ho or you're not gonna take as many chances as you would in a friendly. You wanna, you know, settle in new season, new country, new team, you know, you're not gonna go gung ho. Um and if anything I would say the opposite that we didn't get overrun because we did keep our shape and we were disciplined and it wasn't as flamboyant as maybe people expected it to be because we were all fucking throwing fivers and tenors on a 300 to one. He wasn't 300 to one to score two goals for no reason. Like the bookies might know that much about the League of Ireland season early doors, but they're not that fucking stupid either. Like, But I think you'll see throughout the season as well, you'll see in-game rotations between him and Conor Malley. Where yeah. Conor Malley will drop back into that eight and Ellis will go into the ten. Um, you know, they'll operate... Which- which is the way it was actually more in the the, the game that we played against Derry. It was yeah, actually yeah. Uh, rotated. It was actually Chapman was the 10 and Mali was more the 8. Yeah. Whereas the, the opposite then, the last day. So I think, yeah, it will. But that's great that, that we can, you know, mix and match and, and ch- change things up. Um, I, I And I said, this is the third time I said, like the first 20 minutes, I was like, oh my fucking God, we're going to get absolutely annihilated. And it might have looked like a long season. But as the game went on, you could see what we were trying to do. My biggest worry, and I think, but I think it was Niall who, who wrote that in, is that we do, I, we are like midfield. In fairness, um, I would like to see another holding midfielder come in. Don't think it's going to happen. Um, and I think, you know, I seen one or two people questioning about Russell and the substitutions. Uh, I.e., bringing maybe Barlow on and bringing Hartman off for for Will, like. I, I, again, Hartman. Look, he's had a few niggles over la- over the last season or so since he's been with us. Again, first game of the season, you're trying to kind of build him up. You're not going to try and run the legs off him because he did look, you know, quite jaded coming off. As for Barlow coming on, you know, I know Sean, you were saying about uh, maybe Wiggett should have come on, um, but I just feel that had we brought another centre midfielder on. I think it would have actually maybe compounded us dropping off even more. Um, because I think he would have sat on top of the two defenders that were already there. And I can see the reason why 
maybe right or wrong why Barlow was brought on because you know you try and get the ball to Barlow for him to carry the ball and then the team naturally pulls out so in my opinion you're limited in what you could bring on if you go back through the list like a lot of the lads there's three or four lads they're doing their, their, their leaving start you're going to bring them on with injury time and daily mount and expect them to do a job in their first, in a debut I, I think that's not fair to them that's Boys where we are their priorities right yeah, exactly. But that's where we are in terms of budgets. Uh, and Barlow, from I think it was it was more to maybe drag us up the pitch a little bit. Didn't work out. You could say maybe he lost his runner. Um, like Clark gets a free header in the ninety four minutes, but eight ten yards in, uh, out from the goal, which is. But look, we need to learn from that because at the end of the day, we could have played. We played really really well against uh, Bowes. We only ended up at a point. We could play well against Derry again maybe get beat so you could have two good performances one point and the keyboard warriors are into full swing and that's well, my concern I, I thought the most obvious change and what I like Max Matter is only in Sligo 48 hours and he's starting against Bowles and we're all delighted to see that but yeah. uh, Wilson Wawaru is training with the club and with the midfields uh, and with the whole team obviously for uh, the last number of weeks I thought I thought Matter did look uh, he did yeah. look tired and that was to me. That was the obvious choice. I, I thought it was strange that that, that 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 didn't happen with twenty or fifteen minutes to go. I, I completely agree. I would have I would have helped him twenty minutes to go. Just you know, give Wilson. Uh, as you say, look, he's been training with the team. He's he's a big physical lad as well, and you know he probably might be able to stretch their defense whilst we were sitting back. You know, on the break. Um, I know one or two people said that he isn't physical or he isn't quick, but. From what I've seen, he is, uh, and he, you know, he'd be good at stretching uh, the ball's defence. You know, if we were to get the turnover, even even from the fact of their goal from their equaliser, um, it comes from a situation there where Max is trying to close the ball as well, but you can see he just doesn't have the legs to even hassle them enough. Whereas like that, if you had Rowero on, you know, what I mean? he might just be able to hassle a bit more, even foul them in a in a yeah. You know, stick it in the position there and pull them in. But look, I think on reflection, the subs were wrong in 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 a number of yeah. ways. Um, I was surprised at Fitzgerald when he came on. I thought he he sat very deep. He he all, almost acted like a defensive winger. Um, yeah, I mean, just and I don't know as a mentality thing because chatting to a couple of the lads at the game, Ronan, you could probably vouch for this as well. You were up there. Is like Russell wasn't pulling them back by any means he was he was screaming at them to get up so it seemed to be the players themselves that took this mentality to drop back and I don't know is that a a bit of a hangover from last year where we thought right lads we're winning here <laughs> it's not it's not our usual situation big results sit back drop, just drop, the drop yeah because like realistically you look at it we sat back from probably 60 minutes on like that's a long time to sit back and you know, with seven minutes, then getting that on wherever the VAR time came out of, don't know where they got seven minutes, but like, you are going to get punished eventually. It, it's it's a hard job to keep someone out. Not that they were even peppering the goals. We dealt with everything well, but it, they, there's going to come a time if you give that give up that much time to the opposition that they're going to find the space and they'll punish you at some point. And that's unfortunately what happened for us. And, you know, go back to the substitutions, or stay on the point of the substitutions. Like they make five substitutions in the game, they change half their team. Um, you know, if we have a small squad, 
we have to have confidence in in the squad to be able to make the changes to maintain the energy levels to be up against it you know we can't we we can't be going through the season where we're relying on 12 or 13 players you know is there a case is there a, now only playing difficult advocate here now is there a case to be made where you're coming from Russell's point of view that maybe by making five substitutions in a new team in the first game of the season that you're unsettling the shape a wee bit too much and that maybe it could all fall to shit altogether. Whereas you can only make five substitutions though when you're chasing the game. You don't make five substitutions when you're no trying and I think that's the we we, we look we look gas cherry yes but from a psychological point of view we might have looked gassed but like when you're chasing the game you're not gassed but when you're ch- when you're trying to hold on you feel the tiredness more in my opinion and I, I think it's more psychological than anything and I you could see Russell was trying to he was fucking roaring at them to, to get out and that's why I think he brought Barlow on rather than bringing another defender on because I just think that would have compounded what he was trying to get them you know to get out and obviously if you bring on a central defender he's not going to do that whereas with Barlow you know, you get him on the ball, he is good at carrying it, you get him up the pitch, even carry the ball and get a foul, and that just breaks down the play for another minute or so, that sort of thing. That That's just my reading of it. Uh, whether that's right or wrong, yeah, I don't know, but I definitely agree that, you know, likes of uh, where we should have been brought on for, for Max Mata, um, just for, yeah, just to freshen it up too at the same time. But we are, we, look, we do have a fucking small squad, lads, you know, as I said to you, but Reynolds, Dara Patton, uh, McDonough, they're all doing the leaving. Like, Bose were able to bring on five players that were just as good as the players that they had on the pitch. And again, that's not making excuses or, or feeling sorry for ourselves. But that's what we're, we're up against. And that's what pissed me off, losing the two points, because, you know, <sighs> you know, I just hope we don't fall into that mentality of when we're winning games, we sit back and, you know, I don't know. Uh, no, Ronan, uh, Ronan um, Hartman scored a good goal, didn't he? Oh, unbelievable! Yeah, didn't know where he was going with it, but um, <laughs> yeah, just oh, magic, like it's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, in order for this season to be a success in the modern uh, flame of power, but we need we need Hartman uh, firing on all cinder- cylinders, uh, and I, I suppose that goes back to that may be a reason why. Why he was hooked? Yeah, he was exactly. carrying a knock. Yeah, I could see he's. I would say he's probably a kind of a frustrating type of player. How, like we all know what he can do, and showed him the goal. Um, and then like the, the niggles, sort of things. Yeah, that that would be. I suppose yeah, building him up. Um, but yeah, if you have him and power, fit and firing, like you're you're gonna. Yeah, it's, it's it's it's. I suppose if you were another team, you wouldn't be looking forward to seeing that. But yeah, great to see, great goal. Uh, um, just before we move on, uh, Ali Denham, uh, would we want to say anything else about his? I know Sean, you mentioned him there for the first goal, but um, the the first goal aside, are you happy oh, enough? First goal uh, aside, he's just that just that few minutes literally he's just that couple of minutes he just takes a little bit of time to settle into the game after that I thought he was brilliant um, really really impressive 
good on the ball, very dominant in the air, a lot more dominant in the air than I was actually expecting. Um, I thought he was going to be a more cultured centre half, but he's not afraid of the the darker side of the game as well. He he gets stuck in. Uh, to be fair, I thought himself and Nando were actually brilliant after the goal. It's just the goal was if you can unmitigate a disaster. To be honest with you, but um, no, they were they were excellent. The back four in general were actually very good. But uh, no, I like I like Denham. I think he could really settle in and be a top quality player. But like his pedigree alone speaks for itself. Really, you'd expect him to be decent. From where he's coming from and kind of you know the games he's played in yeah uh very quick uh manager watch piece um john russell was very animated throughout the game more animated than in a positive way i mean he wasn't losing his shit or anything but he was cajoling and um as you'd said jerry he was trying to um you know he was he was trying to get his message across to the players you know a co- Certainly watching it on TV and the camera, anytime the ball went up the right hand, the, the right wing for Rovers, you could see Russell in shot and he was encouraging and very vocal, which is kind of, I thought that was a marked difference to what we saw last year. And I don't know if that was, you know, if he's trying to be, he's, I don't think he's trying to be more, um, I don't think he's the sort of, sort of fellow who will be playing to the crowd or people on Twitter saying that he's standing there with his hands in his pockets, he's not doing enough. But he, he was quite, he was quite uh, vocal. In contrast to, uh, to uh, Declan Devine, who has the the look of a fella who's been sitting at the bottom of the table all season long, like you know, he's like the, he's the, he's the look of a fella who's coming across town at you know half eleven on a Sunday morning who's been out all night. <laughs> the, the weight of the world on his shoulders. Yeah, um, a bit dishevelled, I suppose, would be the word. But um, ah, look, I love I love uh, Devine. I think he's absolutely great entertainment. Uh, you know, he just talks talks absolute bollocks. Um, and in fairness, I think we all predicted when he went into Bose, and we predicted on here is that he get a great start, all blood and guts, you know, thunder, the whole shebang. Sure enough, they took off like a world, you know, on fire, top of the league, Bose fans thinking they're going to win the league. And now, you know, it fizzled out pretty, pretty, pretty quick. And I suppose one of the big surprises that he was, he was kept on for this season, um, and I, yeah, they, they, fairly big squad, but much of a muchness. I think, um, I think another manager will get a lot more out of that squad than what he'll get out. Yeah, um, yeah. Look, I think we'll we'll be very much. Um, I think we'll we'll be following Bowles very closely this season because, mm. um, that's they'll probably be one of our biggest opposi- oppositions. Or I'd say we'll be quite close to them throughout the, the duration. You, you really want them to do. Well enough just to keep his job, but at the same time too, obviously you don't want him to do well. But uh, one thing I would say, like when you look at the money they are probably spending on their squad compared to what we're spending on ours, and we're looking at them, you know, that doesn't say a lot for those guys because, like, really and truly, like the lads, the likes of Power, uh, Denim, all these lads, like they're not coming to Sligo Rovers for the money. I can fucking guarantee you that now. Uh, they're not coming for the money they're taking fucking pay cuts left right and centre because they want to play football um, and the other thing I noticed about the game the last night as disappointing as it was to not win the game the lads gave everything and I think that's as supporters that's what we always ask for uh, regardless of the result is that everybody puts in a shift and I think everybody definitely done that the last night and that's you know, something to be 
happy about it and proud about it and that like we're always asking for them to represent us so i don't think they could have represented us any better than what they did yeah absolutely the other piece of news as well that happened during the week um obviously when max came in and um but but um Alice Chapman moved from a loan deal to a permanent deal. Uh, and I guess, um, you know, I think we'd uh, spoken to uh, Tommy Higgins uh, during the week. There was no major issue there, but I guess um, there's no issue there at all. Um, but it, that's a positive sign that someone is is quite quickly, he's, he's only in around the club for such a short period of time on a loan deal. And he has no qualms about signing a permanent deal. Yeah, like, as I said, like, these lads, like, Chapman isn't, I don't know what he was on at Cheltenham, but you can be guaranteed when you look at budgets and things like that, the budget they would have operating in, in League One compared to the Sligo Rovers in the Premier League, Premier Division of, of Ireland, there's no it, there's no way he's getting the same money. He wants to play football. um, And, and likewise for a lot of the other lads, like, I'd say he's enjoying it already in that he's involved in the team. He's an important member of the team. Likewise, the rest of the guys, you know, even around town, people are saying hello to them. They know who they are. It's all that package. You know, at the end of the day, football is supposed to be, you know, people want to play football. They want to enjoy it. It's not always about the money. And, you know, if he does well here and likewise, the rest of them, they won't be here next year and they'll probably fucking double their money over in England. And that's, that's, I'd love to see that. That That's, that's a great selling point to Slug Rovers. I know it's not about building a team, but the more success you can get for players, you better your reputation and the attractiveness and things like that. And you can build on it in, in, in ways. Okay, uh, we are going to move on to your shouts from the shed end. Uh, while we do that, I'm going to ask uh, Ronan or Jerry to pick a winner from the beer scorecasts, if that's possible, over the next uh, minute or two. Uh, there's been an administrative error over the last number of weeks of the off-season where we have um, uh, lost the phone or the SIM card on which our old number was on. So uh, next week we will have a new shout from the Shed End number for you. Um, but in the meantime or in the interim, uh, you can get your shouts into podcast at borst.ie and um, we'll get them out on next week's um, on next week's episode after the, the Derry game. So here's this week's shout from the shout end. This is Sean from America. New season started back. Um, super excited that it started and looking forward to it. And it was a pretty good performance, all in all. We started off pretty poor, but, and we were kind of open in the midfield, but I think that's going to happen. You know, last year we had all defensive midfielders per, for the most part, and we still got Tor open. This year it looks like he went with a more progressive, attacking minded midfield, and they walked right through us for that front goal, that first goal. But fair play to the manager. He made a little bit of a tweak after about, what, 20, 25 minutes, and we had them wrapped up. And uh, I thought for, what, 60, 65 minutes, 
we were cruising. I mean, we had them on lock. We scored some couple of nice goals. Link up play around the box was good. We kind of did that last year as well. Started off with the season, you know, when we get the ball down and we're playing and we're controlling what we want to do, we look really good. I think what killed us was he made the tweak right around, what, 80, 85 minutes and decided to sit back and do nothing, absolutely nothing with the ball other than lump it out of our end. And that's what killed us. And we brought it on ourselves. We should have won that game at a canter because bows weren't doing nothing. And we had them wrapped up. And we just controlled them. And I mean, it was our own fault. It's something that we've been doing for several seasons now. We get that lead and we just sit back and invite the pressure and it always turns out like that. We concede and either lose the game or draw from something we should never have done. But all in all, the signs are there. Squad looks good. We got some great players. Powers looks a cut above everybody else. And we got Fabrice with the magic feet. That was an incredible goal. Reese tearing down the wing. I mean, we got some good players. JR, he's looking good on that. Out there in uh, the fullback, he's done really well, I thought. Uh, we got Max and Ed. Ed's a little bit rusty, it looks like, but what do you expect? He's gonna come good, you know he will. And see where we can get. Hopefully the manager will look at how this game turned out and learn from it. That's all we can ask, I guess. Uh, but signs are good. Should have got the three points, but we'll take the one and uh, head back to the showgrounds and uh, look to tear up Derry next week up the Rovers. Okay, that's uh, your shout from the shed end. Thanks as always to Sean and um, our winner for the uh, beer scorecast on the, the Bulls game. Jerry, who are we giving it to? Uh, Gavin Maguire. Gavin Maguire said 2 2. Uh, we will be in touch with Gavin. Our good people at uh, the White Hag will be in touch. Okay, uh, Derry City, our first home game on Saturday night under the lights in the showgrounds. Um, what are your thoughts going into this one, Ronan? Can't wait, Connor. Um, yeah, really looking forward to it now. Um, a good record against Derry actually at home the last while, so um, hopefully that continues. Um, but yeah, really looking forward to it. They're a good team, Derry and Furness have some good players, but uh, I think we're we're more than capable of of getting something from them. Yeah. Uh, your man Hoban got off the this the the score sheet or got off the the mark um, against uh, Drada on Friday. Gone, Sean, but they didn't have their own all their own way. They conceded a goal and they looked vulnerable at times. So, as Ronan says, we have one of a bad record against them. John Russell has a pretty good record in the showgrounds against Derry. Oh yeah, there's 
So lots of it be positive about going into that game. And by all accounts, they weren't amazing against Drada. And Drada missed a penalty as well in that game. So, but look, when you have Hoban in your side, there's always a goal threat there. Um, and i just seen a stat that that lad, is it Andrew Kernin, um had up that Hoban had the most touches inside the box in one game than 30 City strikers had all last season. Mm. So that's a frightening prospect in itself. Um. You know, so that'll just go to show you. Maybe they are they're a far better side, but at the end of the day as well, uh, they are missed they without the yellow and obviously Harkin is still out as well. So they have no anchor in the in the middle of the park. So it's maybe a area where we could get at them with Connor Malley and obviously Hartman and Power as well will be drifting in around those areas that we could cause some damage. Not that I'd be overly confident going into the game, but I do feel you know, we'd be in a situation where I don't think we're gonna get trounced or anything like that. So I think we'd be more than capable of giving them a game. And I, again, I'd be delighted with a point, but I feel it could be there for us to win. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, it, it wasn't it wasn't an easy game for Shamrock Rovers, obviously, who are the top team in the league um, against Dundalk. Derry are expected to finish uh, second or potentially give them a run for their money, Jerry. Um so, you know, based on what Derry did last week and um, where things went for Shams, <laughs> I don't know why I'm bringing Shamrock Rovers into this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what they got to do with this? Well, basically, two, two of the top teams uh, yeah. goals. Um, and I suppose it's be- better better to be bringing big teams to the showgrounds early in the season as well. And, you know, should be a rocking packed house there. All going well. Yeah, I'd say it'll be a massive crowd. Uh, you'd imagine Derry will be bring a big following too, um, especially after winning last week. And they're they're obviously they'll be in good good spirits. Uh, you know when they've intentions of going for the title. So yeah, expect a big crowd from there. As for the home crowd, I think it'll be a massive massive crowd. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see the new lights, the new merchandise store. We have a new coffee dock as well, so we've remodeled kind of what was uh, in uh, where we were, just to the left of where we were. So, yeah, that's that's going on. And then as well, we have the the Jinxes Avenue stand going back to Terrace, and so I think that'll I think that'll really add to the atmosphere of the ground, kind of old school. Uh, maybe get the band back together and get more people in there, and it's more spacious. The view from there with the floodlights gone. Um, is really really good like you're literally about five yards from the pitch so um, yeah so I think it'll, it'll help for the atmosphere as well so I'm, I'm really looking forward to the game um, even this morning getting up on a Monday morning when you'd be normally pissed off but I was kind of like already thinking ahead to, to Saturday night so yeah so really looking forward to it uh, Do we want to very quickly give a score prediction? Um. I'll say 2-1 to Rovers Sean 1-1 Ronan 1-0 Rovers Uh, I'll say uh, two or more goals from Alice Chapman Um, might still get 300-1 I don't know (laughs) Uh, but that's my main concern and that's going to be my main focus come Saturday evening I'm not entirely uh, we'll be put out by who wins or loses? Alice, two or more. That's all we want. Two or more. 300 to one. 
Uh, okay, thanks a million for listening to our second podcast of the season. We'll be back again next week. Ronan, thank you. Cheers, Connor. Sean, thank you. Cheers, lads. And Jerry, thank you. Thanks, Connor. Cheers, lads. Okay, that's a wrap. Thanks very much. Bye bye. We'll have to tear up Derry next week. In the title race, we will never forget this day.